Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Football Friday on the Fan. Block somebody! This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app, follow 1080 The Fan, and enable push notifications to get the latest on the Ducks, Beavers, Blazers, and more. Football Friday with Danny and Dusty on 1080. Take the fight to this. The Fan. Hour number three on this Football Friday. Danny Morang, Dusty Harrow with you. Hope everybody's having a great Friday. Uh, We are as well. We got some injury news that we need to talk about. There's lots of injuries in the old foosball. Man. It's a 100% injury sport. That is true. But uh, some big injuries that could dictate how games play out. The, the first one is the San Francisco 49ers have ruled Debo Samuel out, out this weekend. as They got a big tilt with the Rams. Good thing they went out and traded for Christian McCaffrey. Good timing. Um, as as Debo will not play in that Sunday tilt, uh, San Francisco favored by one and a half, heading down to SoFi. Um, in that, uh, hopefully, it's not an injury that lingers for too long for Debo. Uh, but of concern for Seattle Seahawks fans is that both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are questionable for Sunday's meeting with the 6-1 and one New York Giants, who come in as the second with the second-best record in the NFC, which is wild to think about still. Um, but DK, we know he got dinged up, and he was hurt um, at the end of that Chargers win with a patella injury. Now, that that's one where they've held back on ruling him out really all week long. I'd be surprised if we saw him. Uh, you don't want to. You don't want to rush back a patella and and hurt that because if you have any significant patella injury, that is a long road for recovery. You know, we talk about how good the Seahawks have been this year and in beating expectations and Geno Smith and just the overall, I think, good vibes and and, and the the next transition step that the Seahawks have taken. How many players do you think they have on IR right now? Oh, I wouldn't even begin uh, know where to begin to guess because teams will put guys like uh, lower down the depth chart and special teamers, guys on the uh, get hurt in training camp, end up on the IR. I'm gonna I'm gonna say 
three. Nine. Nine times. Nine. Wow. Jamal Adams is IR. Yeah. Travis Homer is IR. Yes. Rashad Penny is IR. I mean, you start going down the list. There's my three. I mean, that's that's your 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 big name guys, but then they've got depth guys up and down here. Most, I yeah. mean, they've got four linebackers on IR. <laughs> Brutal. I mean, it's just it, it, like all of their linebacker depth is gone. It's actually well, and that's why impressive. it's a war of attrition. I mean, that's what they call uh, the game of football. And you have another another one in uh, Nick Bellore who's got a concussion. He's out this week, and. The other guy who's questionable, which is a bit of a surprise, DK being questionable, we all kind of saw that one coming, and, and that isn't a surprise and shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. But the one that is a surprise is Tyler Lockett, who was a full participant in practice yesterday. He has been ruled questionable. He gonna go. After yesterday, though, they popped up a rib injury. He's been dealing with a hamstring, and all of a sudden now he's questionable with hamstring and rib injuries. So did something happen in practice yesterday where Tyler Lockett got dinged with some ribs? He is now questionable. And look, you've got Geno Smith has been playing out of his gourd. He has been so damn good this year. He's we talked about this. He's one of the top five quarterbacks statistically in the NFL, and it's not even arguable at this point anymore. We're we are week eight in the National Football League. And Geno friggin' Smith is producing like one of a t- the top five quarterback quarterbacks in the NFL. This echo is killing me right now. <laughs> I have an echo coming into my ear that you guys can't hear. <laughs> but he is performing like one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. And it is incredible to see how well he has played. If you don't have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, it could be a long day against them. And this is just maybe the Giants or this team of destiny. Where everything just kind of lines up for him. Yeah, no, I mean, it makes sense. But what has allowed the Seahawks to be good and Geno Smith to be good is that he's been protected. He's been kept clean. He's had a good running game. His offensive line has been almost entirely healthy, and he's had both of his main weapons the entire season. You have both guys in, in DK and Tyler who can both take the top off your coverage. You, you can't roll your safeties to one side of the field. You have to play too high pretty much all the time at minimum. You can't go single high with both those guys on, on opposite sides of the field because of their elite speed and their elite athleticism. And what that allows them to do is consistently work those underneath routes because teams are terrified of letting two freaks get loose back behind them. And that puts them in a, in a position to where it simplifies coverages and allows Geno Smith to do what he does, which is being a highly accurate and a highly effective quarterback, you know, marching down the field and, and getting first down at the first down. The too high look is being is become more and more in vogue in the NFL, and a lot of mm-hmm. teams are doing it because of the fact that they're getting privy to the stretch you vertical, and the best way to slow that down is to have two guys deep. That just pounds home the fact you have got to be able to run the football. Yep. You have got to be an effective run game, and that's where we see these teams that are, are truly struggling, whether it's Tampa or the Rams or the Colts. Uh, Cam Akers is out again, by the way. Are falling off a cliff. These are the worst running football teams in the NFL. I'm not really buying the Dolphins or the Bengals long-term, or the Chargers for that matter, because they're trying to feed Eckler, but they cannot run the football very well. Those, Those are all bottom eight teams in the NFL running the football. If you can't run it, 
you ain't going to win, and you're not going to have much st- uh, sustainability moving forward. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be run-dependent like the Chicago Bears. You have to be able to throw the football, but you cannot be in the bottom quarter of the NFL in rush offense because teams can just sit there with two high safeties and say, we dare you to throw the ball. Dare you to do it. And that's one of the things that the Seahawks have done really well this year. They have pounded the damn rock and softened up defenses enough to where DK, Lockett, they can get loose and Geno can work with a lot more flexibility. It's been fun to watch. It has been fun to watch. And a team that I didn't think was going to be any fun to watch because we remember we talked so much about which quarterback you know was going to win the job coming out of camp. Just make it, it like, interesting. Just make it interesting. And the Seahawks <laughs> have been one of the more fun teams. Dare I say one of the more fun teams in the league. Yeah. Did not see that coming. Was not on my bingo board. And this matchup with the Giants this weekend actually sets up pretty well for Seattle in that Seattle's rush defense is, well, they're actually one of the worst in the NFL. Um, but when you look at Seattle's defense in the way that they've played over the so what, since week three, since we've been talking about Geno Smith and his uptick in this team overall, we have seen an uptick in their defense and kind of slowly but surely coming together. They have got to be lights out because the only thing the New York football giants can do is run the ball. They have gone in the wildcat, for God's sakes. We talked about on the game-winning drives yesterday how when the game is on the line and things are getting tight, they do not trust Daniel, Daniel Jones. They don't trust him at all. The furthest pass attempt on game-winning drives he's attempted is six yards. <laughs> I love that stat. They was like, ah, and I go, hand that to Saquon. Hand that to Saquon. That is, folks, perspective here. In the air, the ball has only traveled six yards downfield. That is it. They average two and a half yards downfield per throw on these game-winning drives. You have got to be able to stop the run. And that has been the bugaboo for this Seahawks team all year. Um, but they they have been getting better, and it has been coming along as the team has been trucking along through this year. And they got to be better because you got the second-best offense running the football in the entire NFL. My question is, does the winner of this game have a legitimate stake for we're the second-best team in the NFC? Because who's in that conversation right now? I mean, it's the cliff is tremendous. 6-0 and Philly is number one. That's clear-cut, and that is without – any sort of reservation. They're playing well. They looked apart. Then you have 6-1 New York. You have got 5-1 Minnesota, which has wins over Green Bay, Detroit, mm-hmm. New Orleans, Chicago, and the Tuolis Dolphins. Okay. <laughs> that, is, that is a team that, that can stake their claim to it. Five teams in the NFC are above 500. It's so, like... You've got oh, the 5-2 and two Cowboys and then the 4-3 and three Seahawks. Those are the only other teams that have winning records in the NFC. So you look at this game, the Giants and the Seahawks, is the winner 
just by default, the second best team in the yes. NFC? Yes, it is. Because the Seahawks would have won, what, four out of five? In three in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's with thing. wins over the Cardinals, Chargers, and Giants. The, the NFC really is a hot mess, and it's just a steaming pile of awful. It's, it, it truly is. Five teams over 500. What, what do we have? Two, four, six, eight. Eight teams in the AFC are over 500? Yeah. Dude, my God. My God. Well, we saw this coming into the season because the power shift of quarterbacks has been in the AFC. Mm-hmm. And we know that it's in the AFC. The best quarterbacks in the league. You got Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Carr, Burrow, Jackson, Deshaun Watson. You don't have to like him. Nobody has to like him. The guy can play quarterback. I mean, they've got the better quarterbacks. Even Russell Wilson heading into this year. Look at the transition from the Giants away from Eli Manning from the Saints away from Drew Brees, the Bucks. I mean, they have Brady, but you know he'll be on his way out. The Packers with Aaron Rodgers on the way out. I mean, hell, you can even say, even say the Falcons with Matt Ryan in the twilight of his career. Mm-hmm. It really is. It, it's just all they, there were so many very good to great quarterbacks in the NFC that have aged out, and now the whole next crop is, is AFC, with the exception of like what Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, good Lord. Yeah. It's not pretty right now. No, because the next best quarterback in the NFC is it's Geno right now, but like if you're if you're forecasting, it's Kyler Murray. Uh Dak? you could put you could have a conversation about Dak Prescott, Kyler what's well, Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers too. Well I'm I saying mean, like because... once those guys kind of age out. And it, like the yeah. the next group like you get the AFC, the next group is just loaded. You know who's licking his chops on that one? Who's that? Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I think everybody else is looking. He's like a top five Cousins. NFC quarterback. There you go. Hell, he might be a top three NFC quarter, quarterback. That's what the that's what the Kirk Cousins defenders do, though. This is what they do. They take his raw race. stats, and then they say top five NFC quarterback. Why wouldn't you pay him? I'll show you a primetime game, and then that'll be pretty convincing as to Throw why you literally don't. any of them and just let it play on a loop. God. <laughs> All right, if, if I think the winner of this one can stake their claim to the best team in the NFC right now because, look, right now there's not a lot of great football being played in the NFC. If you were to ask me in my gut who I believe the second best team in the NFC is, it hurts me so much to say it, it's the Dallas Cowboys. I, I think the Dallas Cowboys are the second best team in the NFC I refuse. Right it, it, that's okay. That's okay. I, one of us should hold strong. We need to. We need to have that. The Cowboys will never be back until they're actually back, and they're not back. I know. Oh, I know. Their fans will let you know. Just make sure we all are on the same page. Texas not back. Cowboys not back. They are the second best team in the NFC in my gut. But the winner of the Seahawks and Giants, uh, they can stake the claim because they have the resume to to boost it right now. Oh. Conference is gross. Yep. All right, Damian Lillard may be out for a week. There's some NBA news, though. Um, and this is actually very big for the future of the game. Danny Dusty on the fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Football Friday edition of I'll Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. Alright, it is a football Friday, but there is some news bouncing around the NBA right now. Is whoa, uh, was the first report that the NBA, NBA, the NBA is considering some things to try and curtail what is a looming work stoppage in the NBA. And what that is is they're calling it an upper spending limit. Yeah, but let's go ahead and call it what it really is, which is a uh, hard cap. That, 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 <laughs> okay. That's actually what it is. Uh, the ownership in the NBA, the ownership groups, they have wanted this for quite some time. As much of money as they make off of the – uh, sharing of the luxury tax. They don't want ownership groups like the uh, Warriors Warriors making them look bad, <laughs> to be honest. Mm-hmm. Well, they saw the Forbes valuations yesterday. <laughs> yes, and the, the whole make money to spend money. They want to have fixed costs. That's mm-hmm. what this is. And somebody be like, well, no, they want the luxury tax. No, no, no. They don't want the luxury tax payments. They want to have fixed costs. And it will be a snowball's chance in hell before that that hard cap goes in without it being an astronomical number and or the players getting a larger share of BRI or the basketball-related income. And that has been kind of one of the touching points leading into this. And this is kind of the first shot fired by the owners ahead of uh, what I would assume would be a very nasty set of negotiations for this next CBA. And this is one of those things that, Look, even if they put a hard cap in, the NFL has a hard cap. There's a way around it. They, The NBA and the luxury tax, I think it works. It works because you have a floor, and the floor is the most important part. When you're talking about what helps the league, having a salary cap floor helps. 
the cap being something you can go over if you want to be all in and you want to win, that I, I don't see that as a problem for a league when you have a, so much of the league that is actively tanking every single year. The other part of this is, and this has been a problem that has been prevalent in the NBA recently, is that the middle class of the NBA is disappearing. You either have yeah. max guys, rookies, MLEs, or vet men's. There's no longer contracts between the MLE and Max. There are few and far between. Your Myers Leonard and your Mo Harklesses when Neil O'Shea overpaid for them. Yes. But they were neither the MLE or Max guys. Yeah. And, and they are just they are very, very infrequent now. The Blazers have some guys uh on their roster now with Yusuf Nurkic and Josh Hart. Uh he'll his next deal will go up. And even Anthony Simons. And I, they did that knowing that the tax or the uh, the salary cap spike that's coming is going to be massive, and that on the back end of those deals, those deals will look not only cheap but wildly inexpensive. But this is and this is going to be one of the problems, though, and this is the players themselves kind of backing themselves into the corner because the max, true max contracts in your super max contracts are a percentage of the cap. And when you have one of those guys and you have to keep one of those guys, it is such an exorbitant amount of your cap. What? How much is it now? For the Supermax? For like a Supermax, isn't it 20? Roughly 30, 35%. I think 35% of I think your cap is going to one guy. Dames, I think, is uh, 353 Three, I think is what See, and that's something that players will not relent on. But if you no. want to bring that middle class back mm-hmm. to the NBA, that's something that you truly have to do is you have to lower that percentage to something where you can actually have a middle class roster because it makes it so much more competitive, too. Mm-hmm. If it's not – and like even if it's not 35, if it's like – Thirty percent. Just bring it down five percent from where it is, and guys are get, with the cap going up. What as it is, they're going to be getting historic money, but it is a lot different the way that it's all happening now. I mean, it it's not sustainable. I don't even think you necessarily need to do that. In that, if you think about it, and this is kind of what I think ownership is going for is to keep the super teams from being formed to begin with is that if you put a hard cap in place, you can only afford X amount of max deals. So what it forces teams to do is be more selective with their max deals. And if a player truly wants the max money, that causes player movement, Mm -hmm. where they're motivated to go to markets that they otherwise would not be because they can get the full max there because it limits the number of max slots based on actual money available because there's a hard cap. And so the, it's it's an interesting way to go about it. What I would imagine ends up happening is is a if a a hard cap is not put in place, but there will be a there will be a way to keep player movement of max contract players limited while increasing the number of players on those middle tier deals. I think that's ultimately the way this ends up being steered is because they want some, they want more equity in how the contracts are handed out because they, they don't want to be stuck up against like Phoenix. They don't want to be stuck up against paying $35 million, a, a, a near max. Like I think it's off by 2 million 
a near max deal for DeAndre Ayton. Mm. <laughs> we're we're gonna have that work stoppage. I, I I'm I'm very much of a believer in that. I don't think we're gonna miss a half the season, but I believe we're gonna have an MLB style work stoppage where we miss probably a month. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, we interrupt this football Friday to talk NBA and the doom and gloom that is around it. But this is a big deal, though, if this is the hill that the owners are going to die on. If the owners want to die on this hill, buddy, we ain't having an NBA. Oh, it's going to be a bloodbath. If this is the hill that they die on, (laughs) if they're not going to relent on this, there has to be significant room given in other areas, and I don't think that they're prepared to do that. The flip side of this is, will the players roll over and show their belly because of just how much money is coming in this next TV deal, and they just want to make sure their percentages are right? 503-250-1080. That is the fan text line. We head back to the world of football next. Danny and Dusty on the fan. It's a football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. Pac-12 weekend is already underway. Utah going up to Pullman. They pulled out a little squeaky victory against the Washington State Cougars, thanks in part to the performance from a backup quarterback. A kid that's a Utah native from Milford, Utah. Oh, Milford. Okay. Mil- yeah, Milf Milford. I bet that's what all the kids say. <laughs> Get a good chuckle out of it. <laughs> Is that where Zach Wilson was from? Got him. Hey-o! Maybe not um, him, but his mom. Yeah, mom's and her mom, his mom's friends. Uh, Bryson Barnes is the quarterback that ended up having to go under center for the Utes because of an injury to Cameron Rising, their starting quarterback, who he's been outstanding. And I think we've really got an appreciation for what Cameron Rising brings to that team without him on the field because it looked back to the Utah of old teams where it was run left, run right. Hopefully they're going to – Get a couple passes on third down, maybe. There was a guy who is my new favorite player. His name is Money Parks. It's a great that name. Is, it's the best wide receiver name out there. Yeah. Park I mean, your money, money here, Parks, baby. Park your money right here. And Barnes only threw for 175 yards, and where Utah won that game was just muddying it up where they run for 170, they throw for 170, and somehow they grind out a win. He was your quintessential old-school Utah football. But one thing that is catching backlash uh, across the country is the way that Utah handled the Cameron Rising injury. There's a lot to this from uh, (laughs) not – having Cam ruled out before the game to rolling him out there during pregame warm-ups mm. to discussions of the Utah athletic department, athletic department, the SID not notifying uh, anyone of any changes ahead of the game 
that their that their normal starting running back hadn't even traveled with a team, wasn't given to the network until right before. There's a lot of stuff going on with this, and in the past, you could Bill Belichick your way through this, Dusty. Oh, absolutely. That's what Chip Kelly built his Oregon program on. Exactly. Now, with the way legalized gambling is, I wouldn't be surprised if there is some very, very, very angry people, not only in the gambling community, but at the Pac-12. Ding, 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 ding. That is it right there. Gambling. It is gambling. That is number one. When the, when the Cam Rising thing happened, he's warming up, and then they literally hide Bryson Barnes in the huddle in getting him out onto the field. That was the ultimate. They wanted nobody to know about this. And gambling matters. Those, the, the people in, in build the casinos, we see this all the time. A line will move and it will shift and you go, whoa, they must know something we don't know. And then Saturday or Sunday rolls around and you're like, oh, there it is. But what was it that George Klyovkov told you and I on Pac-12 Media Day when we sat down with him in L.A.? Do you remember what he told us? How, one of the ways that they're going to uh, kind of bridge that gap between them and the Big Ten and the SEC? Uh, there's a couple of things he mentioned <clears throat> as far as what they wanted to do and where they could make that money up at. And it was the, the streaming options. It was gambling. It was it, it was selling data there it is. to casinos and, and books of in selling their data that they have as a conference their proprietary data in giving it to you know the odds makers George Klafkas is is a is a Vegas guy he comes from the ga- the world of casinos and he's more on the entertainment side and not the gaming side but he knows all of those guys all too well and this is going to be something that I think we're we're careening down the path of even before sports gambling was was legalized in the United States the NFL had uh injury reports because of gambling because they knew it and you had to have it and you have to have injury reports we will be having injury reports in in college football soon dan the days of dan landing not releasing a depth chart any longer those are going to be gone we are going to know about injuries across college football and it is because of the mil- billions no, billions of dollars that are wagered, and it's all legal now across the United States. There's no uh, no way around it anymore. You can't hide from it anymore. It is legalized in more states than it is not now. Or, or I think we're at the point where we have pending legislation where it's on track to open up within the next year or two in more states than what we have not having legalized gambling. This is something that it's going to this in this game will go back to it to all the betters that lost for Utah minus seven because the difference between Cam Rising a you know quasi Heisman style quarterback mm-hmm. and a backup I mean you're talking about a tremendous drop off and yep I guarantee on Wednesday had this been called in that book would have absolutely flipped. Washington State may have even been a favorite on that kind oh. of swap at 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 home. I mean, if you tell me that they don't have Cameron Rising, they don't have Tavion Thomas, 
they don't have Brant Keithy, which we knew. We they don't have their backup running back. The two that so, you didn't know, which were, which were Tavion and Cameron. They didn't, yeah, they didn't know that until kickoff. And there's a question coming out of that game. I was uh, Josh Newman, who covers Utah, uh, and is their beat writer. He said there is a question, and there's no definitive answer as to whether or not uh, Tavian Thomas will suit up for Utah again. And that could be a massive injury moving forward. That that could be their identity. And again, um, if it's that serious, the the school knew about it before kickoff. Oh, they absolutely did, and they absolutely they knew that uh, Cam Rising would be a game time decision too. There's no way that you don't know that. I mean, this was actively, they tried to make it not a big deal. His knee had a wrap on it, not this past Monday, the Monday before that. And so they were trying to duck it. And they knew throughout a bye week and all of this week that he might not be able to go. And we never heard boo. And that's going to be a, one, huge, and and props to, I'll give a golf clap, tight lips, they are not sinking ships with their loose lips at Utah. Uh, Nothing got out. I mean, we heard the same thing about uh, potentially uh, Oregon, an onside kick, too, about that not getting out. So there's been uh, a good job with uh, the good old folks in the Pac-12 recently, the old media folks, uh, yeah. and in general about not letting uh, let, 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 let the loose, sip, loose lips sink the ships. Yeah. Hey, I would like to make one note because we got a text on – this on the fan text line that a targeting call, you mean they won due to the performance of the referees? Worst targeting call ever changed the whole momentum of the game. I hope you bring this up. A targeting is the dumbest rule in get rid of it. Sports. I'm I'm done with it. I, I, I it's know it's, not, I know it's player protection, but it's it's gone too far. I'm done with it. it. It's not the fact that player safety is not important, and that targeting should not be a rule. The way that it is written and enforced is absolutely ludicrous because there were two of them, one for Utah in the second half where they're going to have a a player out for the entire first half of next game, which is stupid. And I think that is I just mind-numbingly stupid that you have a player sit out the first half of the next game because he got kicked out of a game a week before. What, if what unless there's malicious intent, that is just stupid. And he shouldn't miss a half. He should miss the whole next game if there's malicious intent because he should be suspended. And this is why we should have levels to targeting. And the fact that it is an automatic ejection and they are done for the game is it's horrific. And it has changed so many games. And college football needs to stop it. They need to have the ability to either you get rid of the ejection altogether or you have a level to it, just like they had with face mask. 5 and 15. What you should do is either have a 15-yard targeting without intent or 15 and an ejection with intent. I don't, I don't care. And if you want to have malicious intent as part of it, then guess what? Then we can suspend them for the next week if you if you, you review deem it. that it is malicious intent. You review it later in the week, and even then, I hate that process. Yeah, I'm, I'm just that's tired even of it. stupid just, too. Just come up with something unnecessary, reference. Just go back to that. <sighs> go back to that because the way it's being legislated, I have yet to see a targeting call in the past two years where I wasn't like they played football. 
Yeah. That, that's what happened there. Everybody freaks out as soon as you hear the sound, mm-hmm. that hard crack of the plastic. It's like, Bad. oh, flag comes out. Flag comes out. And it's like, I'm so sick and tired of guys being flagged and reviewed and stopping. And, and yeah, Some of them are unavoidable. I thought that was the one with Jackson. By the rule, it was targeting. That was targeting. You had three of them in USC Utah. Every single one of them was just a good football play. In the Jackson one last night, he was kind of put in. He squared up in the hole, and then he went down and did his head lower. Yes, it did, but so did the running backs. (laughs) And the running back awkwardly kind of like ducked into him, and his head whipped back. It just looked worse than it actually was. I don't know. There, I would say there's no easy fix. There is an easy fix. It, it, take the ejection out of it. it. It changes the game. Take the review out of it. Because if you take the ejection out of it, you take the re- review out of it. And the reviews bog down the game. They kill momentum in either direction. Because you could have a play where receiver makes a big catch across the middle and they review a targeting. The offense wants to get back up on the ball and run another play. Yeah, You know, they could kill it that way, but it also kills it for a defense like it did last night for both Utah and Washington State. It was bad. Very bad. I hate it. Get rid of it entirely. All right. I don't want any more flags for playing football. Hey, good news for all the Astros haters. So I guess, like, everybody except for me and, like, the state of Texas. Um, the ah, Astros have already the lost the World Houston. Series. We'll talk about it next. Danny and Dusty. This is a Football Friday edition of Danny and Dusty. Brought to you by the Odyssey app. On 1080 The Fan. All right, we're getting set for what's going to be a wild weekend. We've got the Portland Trailblazers. They've got um, one game over this, this what, until Wednesday? Tonight they play the Rockets, 7 o'clock tip um, at Moda. But then they're off until Wednesday when Damian Lillard will be reevaluated. And they also take on the Memphis Grizzlies. Yes. On Wednesday, right? Yes, on Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, it's so weird having four off Wednesday. days between two home games. Well, they've also it's playing. This is going to be game six for them. Nobody else is even close to them in games played. Yeah, that is a little wild. <laughs> but we have the Blazers tonight, 7 o'clock. You have got World Series Game 1 Astros, Phillies. And Houston has already lost the World Series. They have. Why, Dusty? God, I hate it so much. Why? What happened? Why, do they have to, why did he have to do this? He mm. had to do it. Mm. He had to do it. He couldn't let somebody from Philly do it, because this is where this—he's—it's where this person is from. It's where this person is from. He—he hmm. he, he went to Temple. Hmm. Why could he not curse the other side of this? But Dusty Baker, who is the lovable manager for the hateable Astros, he was talking to the media today, and he said he was asked about the people that have reached out to congratulate him. He said uh, Snoop Dogg did. Which is pretty cool. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, that, that tracks. Okay, good one. He said some other rappers. He said some homeboys, some homegirls. Bill Cosby. I'm sorry, what? And others. Can you, can you can you back that up real quick? Yeah, he said Bill Cosby. Oh, why does Bill Cosby have his number? I don't know. Why did it not well, go to his old. agent? I mean, why did it not go to his agent? Got to be better there. <sighs> Didn't have to type that one or say it out loud either. 
That, that's not no. one of those ones you, that you gloss over. Like, even if he did, just don't say it publicly. Like, that's his name. The only reason you say Bill Cosby right now is if it's followed by a joke or you're making fun of him or you're talking about somebody else doing absolutely something heinous. Eat your you're pudding. Like, and even then, like, you follow it up with, God, I hate that man. Like I can't believe it. I... <laughs> like, oh, hey. It, it, I've been asked this before. It's like, hey, is there anything that could make the Astros more hateable? I've, I've been like, no. Nah. <laughs> oh, yep, found it. Found it. <laughs> oh, guess who's rooting for him? Bill Cosby. What? <sighs> who's OJ just... got? <laughs> <sighs> Houston, probably. Good times. Good times. This sucks. Do you want to do you want to talk about Stevie Wonder some more, Dusty? <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, all I mean, right, so World Series Game One is tonight, as well. You got uh, Philly in Houston for Game One. That one's at five o'clock mm-hmm. on Fox. All right, uh, picks Oregon. Do they cover against Cal? It's up to seventeen and a half. I'm not taking the hook. I'm 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 I'm, I'm not. I'm going. Cal. Is it up to seventeen and a half? Yeah. 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 I'm not taking. Yeah, it. I'll take it. And I saw from the Bear, College Game Day is the Bear, Chris uh, Falica, I think. He's, he yeah. says uh, uh, Justin Wilcox teams are 25 and 10 against the spread as underdogs. Oh. Well, that's a big number. <laughs> it is a big number. <laughs> 17 and a half is a large number. Uh, and, it, and this has less to do with Oregon and more to do with Cal. I, I think that even though they're not nearly as good, mm-hmm. I, I, Wilcox is going to have them ready. Well, Bo Nix, in that article I was talking about earlier, the CBS Sports article, where he was talking about he and Kenny Dillingham and kind of coming up and the re, the revitalization of the Bo Nix image and career. Mm-hmm. He was also asked about the Georgia game. And this is making headlines. We talked about the things that didn't make the headlines, about how, like, Bo Nix and Kenny Dillingham – they're bringing their love of football back together by being with each other and having a good relationship. That was like the nuts and bolts of that article. The headline grabber is Bo Nix <laughs> said that if they played Georgia, it would be a completely different game. And then Dennis Dodd followed up and said, uh, excuse me, do you think that you would win that game? And he said... I do. From the first game of the season, a lot of teams get so much better. What's he supposed to say? Exactly. Exactly. He said, He said. now if we played them again today, that game would be completely different and everybody knows it, yeah, which is not, true. He's not going to come out and say, no, we get boat raced again. Yeah. And then Dodd goes, do you believe Oregon would beat Georgia today? I do. From the first game of the season, a lot of teams get so much better. Yeah. But that, those are the headlines that are being grabbed from that. But if you're a competitor, hell yeah, you believe that. Okay. Okay. I mean, just don't throw two crippling interceptions as your team's marching down the field, and maybe that game does look a little bit different. I mean, it's, I'm sure it looks different. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. sure it looks different. I mean, it's yeah, still... they lose by 21 instead yeah. of 46. Which does it – because 49-3 just looks gross. Oh, it was. It was. It was. And remember, Georgia scored with 28 seconds left in the half. If you have the ball for at least two more plays, there goes that 28 seconds. So not only are you getting points, you're taking seven away from Georgia. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man. All right, we got a great weekend of football, though. I'm pumped for it. Uh, coming up next, another primer for the weekend. Prime time with Isaac and Sue from 3 to 7. Uh, Ducks pregame coverage starts tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., leaving you up to a 12.30 kick between the Ducks and California Golden Bears. 1.30 on Sunday, or I guess it's 1.25 right here on the fan. Seahawks host the Giants. Have a great weekend. See you Monday, noon to 3. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.